And indeed, this is the business wrap. This is where we look at uh, business stories that have been making headlines or shaking the markets. And uh, joining me for further insight on this is portfolio manager out at 24 Investment Managers. I'm talking about Akona Mlamleli. Good evening. Welcome to Metro FM Talk, Akona. Thank you for joining us. Akona, a story that I read and my back went cold. The eight game stores closing, we know the repercussions of that um, translate into job losses and we're looking at something around the areas of 700 or so. Um, Somebody else might say we should have seen this coming because game has been what what we can call a thorn in the flesh Mm. of mass smart. Should we? Should we have seen it coming? Yes, I think it's a difficult one Um, and I think we have... Because because the last, particularly the last two years, um, unfortunately, economic conditions have not been favorable, particularly to the likes of game and other retailers. Um, but unfortunately, game unfortunately has not recovered um, to the length that other stores have recovered. So, game has announced, or MassMart has announced, that eight game outlets will be closing soon, and um, this will be impacting um, close to 700 employees um, who could potentially lose their jobs. And I think this is what um, you're referring to when you say it causes shiver down your spine. Mm. Um, because last year, MassMart um, it announced that it has identified an initial 15 stores that will be subject to a possible sale. Right. Um, but they, they also indicated that um, this was due to these stores not performing um, to their likelihood or how they'd like the stores to perform. Um, so some of the stores that have been identified um, in Cape Town um, will be the City Centre game store. Um, here in Joburg, uh, the indicated Greenstone Shopping Centre, even there, um, Hazy View Junction, um, the Mall of the South in Johannesburg, and Emondi, that indicated Gilwell Shopping Centre. Mm. Um, so these are just some of the stores that they will be closing in the next few um, months and weeks. Um, but I think it is obviously noted that in the interim results announcement, particularly last month, Massmart did indicate that the disappointment of these stores, as well as additional 14 stores um, outside South Africa, in East and West Africa, um, represents a turnaround imperative that they need to do um, just to prioritize investments, um, particularly in high returning trading assets. But I think also what's very pertinent is that they have started with the Section 19, 189, sorry, um, consultation process with some of the South African stores. Um, this process is indicated will take a few weeks, um, so, but MassMart has indicated that the objective, as far as possible, would be to redeploy some of these staff mm. members um, into other divisions within the group. Um, if you recall, they do also own the likes of Macro, um, Builders Warehouse, so um, they will obviously try to relocate some of these employees there, um, but I think when you particularly one person leaves the job, it affects many people in the household. Yeah. You very much know that in South Africa. Um, and it is a sad situation. It's a very much challenging situation due to what is happening on the macro scale that you're currently facing in South Africa. You, you, you mentioned uh, correctly so that the... Uh the group started with a Section 189 retrenchment process um, with, with the workers. This was about, what, three months ago. Do, do we know, um, uh, Akona, when, roundabout, when closure dates are looking? Yeah, so they did indicate that they started this process and of the Section 189 retrenchment process with these workers 
But um, I think they will also try, as indicated earlier, um, to redeploy some of these staff members. Um, they haven't given a, a timeline in terms of um, any time frames of when these uh, will be finalized. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do hope a majority of these workers um, are taken in other divisions of the group. Uh, but I think also what's pertinent is some of the non-performing assets which they sold to ShopRite last year, which is still waiting for competition approval, mm-hmm. such as Cambridge Food, Rhino, Matfresh. Um, we also hope some of these employees um, do get transferred there. Um, but unfortunately, we don't have the full details in terms of how this was uh, pan out. You know, talk, talk, talk to a layperson. Um, we, we, we know that uh, game has been a major contributor to the company's loss of more than, what, 900 million in just six months um, to, to, to end of June. But how did we get here, Akona? Mm. How, how, how did we arrive where we are saying, OK, Section 189, in effect, we're looking at 13 stores. Now we're talking about a definite eight that is closing. How did we land up here? Um, it's been a combination of factors, Khobedi. Um, and I think let's maybe talk here today the consumer has been extremely under pressure. We know coming from COVID, um, a lot of people lost their jobs, retrenchments. Um, We already know the high unemployment numbers. And due to the current pressures with high inflation, high petrol prices, um, interest rates increasing, meaning your debt increases, therefore your purchasing power and the little that you get um, is obviously not working as much as it used to work. So you're limited in what you can purchase. So you forego the life of your fridges. You forego the life mm. of your um, your TVs, your plasma screens, and you focus on what's more important, like food, petrol, just getting to work, the basics. So consumers, unfortunately, are currently strained. They can't yeah. afford those um, luxury items because they are luxury items. Um, so it's obviously impacted, particularly with regards to the stores such as games. Um, but I think... Game has also very much been influenced by the competition that has come through the Africa space. So online has very much come through quite vigorously, especially post-COVID. Um, a lot of us were making purchases online. Um, we've seen the likes of your take a lot coming to the market and grow quite exponentially. So there's been a lot of competition that's come into the market. And unfortunately, the likes of game have not been able to move with that competition and be able to obviously take up their space, particularly to that sector. Please tell me it's not all doom and gloom. I know, I, I know they've already closed, what, uh, Dion Wired, uh, sold off Cambridge Food, Rhino, uh, and, and, and stores, some of those stores to shop right. But this can't be the end of the road, right? It's, it's too big a giant, MassMart, uh, to, to call it an end already. Yeah, so they have an excess of our currency with the ones that are haven't been closed yet, um, an excess of about 100 stores. So they have identified these 14 or 15 stores that will be potentially closing. So there will be a number of stores that are still around. So it's not the end, Hobodi. Um, it's just in the interim, they're just closing those ones that they've highlighted that are loss-making quarter on quarter that are not meeting uh, sales or the expected revenue. Uh, but I don't think it's the end. They're just obviously going to be be doing a turnaround and um, strategy and just trying to regain the position, particularly in the market that they have, that they used to have, that obviously has obviously gone to other competitors. 
yeah, one can only hope that uh, the, the, the redeployment of the workers is successful and that most of them are at least absorbed elsewhere and that is not a total mm. loss for them. Just a quick recap uh, before we move on to the next story, Akona. The shops that are closing are Cape Town City Centre, Greenstone mm. Shopping Centre in Edenvale, King's and Zangakona Centre, Olundi, um, Westwood Mall in Westville, am I correct? Uh, Mall of the South in Johannesburg, you mentioned. Mm. Um, Gilwell Shopping Centre in East London. Bel Air Shopping Centre in North Riding. And Hazy View Junction. Sure. That's a lot. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Um, and I think if you had to look at these where they currently at, um, particularly the one in the city centre, um, it's in the hub of CBD in Cape Town. And um, it should be getting traffic, but unfortunately it's not performing. Uh, we know the Mall of the South has also got a lot of traffic, particularly in the mall. Hmm. But unfortunately, the store has unfortunately not been able to gather momentum in terms of revenue. Yeah, so those are the ones that they've indicated will be starting with in terms of the closing procedures. Well, while it's tough times for MassMart and uh, game stores, we move on to our next story. The uh, state-owned development finance institution, um, Akona IDC, posted an after-tax profit of $6.3 billion at uh, the group level in the year to end March 2022. Talk, talk us through that. Yeah, so the state-owned development finance institution, um, as we indicated, Kobedi, posted an after-tax profit of $6.3 billion. Um, this is at group level. Um, however, company level, they did have a, a, a fall, particularly after-tax profit by 18%. They had a fall there. Um, but the, the development IDC did indicate that the did see improving non-performing loans, um, where they indicated that classified stage three um, did fall to about 31.2% in terms of their loan book from 40%. Um, percent. Um, how, however, this did fall short of the targeted stage three impairment ratio of about 21% or so. So the IDC um, did approve in terms of $16 billion for unbalanced sheet financing in the reporting period, um, up from $6.5 billion in the 2021 financial year period. Uh, and this was obviously despite the economic, um, current economic climate that we're currently in. Uh, we know the lingering impact of COVID-19, sure. uh, but they did also indicate that of the 6.5 billion that has been approved, 4.1 billion was allocated to black industrialists, and um, 5.3 to black-owned companies, 1.1 to black-owned or women-empowered businesses, and 386 million to youth empowered businesses. In terms of what they actually dispersed, they indicated that they dispersed 7.2 billion during the 2022 financial year. And if you look at previously, this was obviously down. So 6.3 billion disembursed in the prior period. So it was up, which coincided with the economic collapse of the COVID pandemic that we are currently in. Um, but I think what is important, they've indicated in the last five years, prior to COVID, the IDC did disembarrass approximately 12 billion rand um, and obviously had a lift and considered to lift this particularly disembarrassment to 20 billion rand. So the Minister of any, um, particularly of this division, Ibrahim Patel, did indicate that they would like to make more of an impact and disembarrass more. Um, so, because they know the impact that the IDC does play in the economy, right. in terms of reviving the economy, and the impact that they need to make. We, we, we sit, um, Akona, on the cusp of a post-COVID time and economy. Um, and 
am I am I the only one that is meeting these good news with a bit of skepticism? Um, I'm encouraged, but one can't wonder, isn't, isn't this a bit too sudden? Especially looking at where we've come from and the numbers that we've been looking at in the past year. Yeah, so I think the objective, particularly for the IDC, has always been to play a critical role in the economy um, in terms of financing um, businesses, um, businesses which wouldn't be able to get financing at your traditional banks, such as your SMBs or your standard banks. Um, but I think they have struggled, particularly the businesses that they have supported have also struggled. So um, we should be taking this um, with a good view, but also be cautious that the IDC still has a lot of runway to go in terms of a number of investments that they have indicated that they will do. So they did indicate that they will be making further investments, particularly with regards to renewable energy mm-hmm. generation. Um, if you recall, a month or so ago, with the President Mungameli were to announcing that the generation capacity below 100 megawatts will, will be able to proceed without a license. So they indicated that there will also be financing those type of investments and projects, uh, which is good news. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I think this is where we exercise, as, as, as you suggest, cautious optimism. <laughs> and, and, and so we... I'm going to ask us to move on to the next story because this, 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 this is going to be of interest to a couple of people, especially in the liquor industry. And so it was today, I think, when I saw the story that uh, the beer industry is pleading um, for excise certainty ahead of uh, the midterm budget. This is not a new plea. Am I correct? Correct. Um, I think, if you recall, at the beginning of the year, um, the likes of your slaps and brooms were calling on the government, um, particularly, I think it was said just before the, the budget speech by the finance minister, to adjust the exercise tax in line with inflation. Um, so they did make that plea, particularly to the um, national treasury at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, in the last day or two, they've also made that same plea. So the beer industry is asking government to keep exercise duties for the sector, particularly in line with inflation, um, just to provide policy certainty and particularly the need for the economy, but also for the sector. That's a struggle, unfortunately. If you recall and cast it back your mind to about two years ago, 18 months ago, when liquor was unfortunately not made to be sold during a certain period. Um, and unfortunately, this did result in a lot of job losses. So ABN Bed, the bureau company, indicated that the pandemic, unfortunately, did result in 150,000 job losses. Yeah. Um, and the, the country's beer and craft bills with value chain, particularly at the beginning of the year, um, they did see a decline um, from obviously the previous high. So I think it's a sector that's come under very much a strain that's trying to recover um, and just also requiring some certainty and policy certainty from government for them just to plan ahead because they have indicated that calls for policy certainty is very much needed in this current environment. Um, otherwise, investments, unfortunately, they'll go outside of South Africa to make those um, new investments. I think there's something to be said, and I think this may be a conversation for a different day altogether. But there's definitely something to be said for the reliance on the economy 
uh, from alcohol sales. But, but, but that's a story for another day. Um, Patricia Pillay uh, from Basa has also gone on to say, to level the playing field, government should start uh, by taxing the different categories of, of the alcohol industry, y- you know, using the same standards for like wine, beer and spirits. You think that'll go a long way? I think, yeah, I think you're raising a very interesting um, discussion. Um, and, and it is at one step. We still had another day because it is about morals and it's very much ethics. But um, I think, I don't know, to be honest, how the National Treasury does differentiate between the gins and the wines and how they do it differently. Um, so I think that will just need to be clarified more. I'm not too in tune in terms of um, how they do the classification. Right. Some, some, something else that I'm curious about, um, how, just what's, what impact, um, maybe how significant an impact has this had on the ability for the industry to create jobs? Yeah, so um, as I've indicated, when ABN Indev came out previously in the beginning of the year saying that there was 150,000 150, um, job losses, um, particularly during the last 18 um, since March of 2020 when COVID-19 lockdown first um, stepped in, because you know the sector does employ very much a lot of people, particularly in the industry. Correct. Um, the value chain is very much enormous. Um, starting from your your bottle stores, your taverns, um, going through to restaurants, um, with a lot of restaurants very much dependent on alcohol sales. So it's a very much a big sector, very much a big industry that employs an enormous amount of people, um, be it in the city, be it in the, the rural areas. Um, it very much does provide a lot of impact and also very much brings a lot of salary to many households, particularly in South Africa. Just how much of the the industry do craft brewers um, make up? Yeah, so they've indicated, particularly with regards to the beer industry, indicating that um, craft beers do make up roughly about um, over just close to five to ten fifteen percent, um, particularly of the market. Interesting. I, I, I think this is one to look out for. Um, and I think we're, we're heavily paying the price um, for, for the beer industry having not received any concessions. Remember the number of uh, times they, they, they try to get concessions throughout those heavy, heavy lockdowns. I think this is, 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 is the price mm-hmm. we're paying for that. What kind of recovery time, um, Akona, are we looking at? Two, three years, maybe? I'll say maybe in the next two to three years, because I think what's happening, um, particularly in this year, you're going to see a lot of consumers coming under significant strain with the interest rates and price increases, um, crude price increases. Um, I think things will start to moderate, particularly on the financial pockets when the economy does recover. We did see GDP numbers come out last week where GDP was down 0.7%. Um, unfortunately, the current um, challenges, particularly with regards to energy, um, do just put a, a hammer to our economic growth trajectory. And so the load shedding um, currently at stage four um, do very much impact the economy. So we know we need to grow the economy. Um, We saw the second GDP numbers um, fall um, when they were released last week. Um, So we do hope maybe in the next two or three years some relief, particularly from the consumers, but also there's an environment, economic environment that is enabling not only for those that are able to work, but for entrepreneurs to also thrive and also just come into the economy and build businesses and also create jobs, particularly in that way.
Thank you for putting that into perspective for us, Akon. And uh, just to wrap up our business wrap, pun intended, um, Russia's budget surplus has shrunk. We we know that it's uh, shrunk significantly, as we are told. And uh, we see now that uh, the cash reserves are running dry. This as uh, the West shuns Putin's uh, energy. Talk us through that. Yeah, so Russia's budget surplus for 2022, unfortunately, is coming down and almost evaporated this after it dropped particularly energy exports um, in the month of August, where on a monthly basis they saw a deficit of approximately 360 billion Russian ruble, which equates to about $5.9 billion. Um, so Russian gas flows to Europe, unfortunately, have dwindled um, to about one-fifth of pre-invasion deliveries. Um, in early September, um, of beginning of this month, um, they did indicate that the Nord Stream 1 which runs under the Baltic Sea of Germany, unfortunately, will shut down indefinitely unless the Western nations and countries who've imposed sanctions um, don't obviously um, provide some relief, particularly on those sanctions, um, over Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. And we all know the price of oil, which contributes even more than gas to Russia's budget, has also declined sharply since June. Um, so international prices have unfortunately stood pledged um, to 120, from 120 barrels to just below $100 a barrel. Um, so unfortunately, Russia's economy is very much being impacted by the sanctions which um, Western nations have unfortunately imposed on them. So the, the ministry, economic ministry in Russia indicating that even the economy is shrinking. So the economy shrunk by 4.2% in July um, compared with the month earlier, um, according to particular economic ministry. And also the Russian Central Bank also both caution in terms of the economic outlook for the country mm. in the report last week in terms of noting that the exports have slid very considerably. And this Friday, we'll hear from the Russian Central Bank, which is said to also meet, um, just to decide in terms of the interest rates, um, which are potentially likely to increase. Economists have actually warned that uh, Russia's surplus will likely turn into a deficit. Uh, but just to wrap up this conversation in earnestness, what does this mean, um, Akona, for, for Russia's power and influence as an economic force? It, just, it does drive, particularly for the economy, and I think it's what the, what the nations want, because they want to stop Russia from funding um, the current conflict that is currently taking place in Ukraine. So, yes, it's going to shrink their cash reserves, um, they won't be able to grow the economy. We've already seen them indicating that, um, particularly for July, um, the economy shrank by 4.2%, which is obviously quite significant. So the Western nations will be quite happy with the, the cash running dry, particularly for the country and the region, because um, what they want is finality and the, for the conflict, particularly in Ukraine, um, to come to an end. Because they're very, also very much and have been very much dependent on Russia for energy and have obviously tried to find alternative mechanisms um, just to also find solutions to their energy crisis um, because having been dependent on Russia for so long and Russia having cut some of the the, the gas going to some of the European nations um, is affecting them quite significantly. Um, but I think going forward, it will impact Russia significantly, the economy significantly, um, with the cash reserves running dry. Right, and that's exactly where we leave it. Akwa Namlamleli, Portfolio Manager at uh, 27 for Investment Managers. Thank you ever so much for making time to speak to us tonight and thank you for your insight.